The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. This week's episode of PSVG Prime is brought to you by the amazing people over at patreon.com slash PSVG, but especially our super awesome ultra producers, Edwin Callow, Barry Cathcart, Josh the Bonesaw Barboni, Coach Mo, Devin Tyus, Chris McElfresh, Devin Tyus again, because his name is still on here twice from last week. Why? I don't know. Kyle Heyman, Paul Calico, and Mike Masick and Zach Bradshaw. Thank you all so much for supporting us over at Play Some Video Games. If you want to jump in all the fun, head on over to patreon.com slash PSVG. You get a whole bunch of cool stuff from us each and every week, including access to our PSVG DLC feed, which features all different shows, including PSVG DLC, Arcadia Academia, Bored with Everything, and a whole bunch of new stuff coming this way very, very soon. But in addition to that, you get access to our exclusive patron chat room in the Discord, the Battle Pass, and of course, our undying love and eternal gratitude. So once again, to help support us, patreon.com slash PSVG. And now on to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of PSVG Prime. It is I, your host, Kevin, and with me, nope, still not Lucas, guys, sorry, but I got what may be, some may say it's the next best thing. I might say it's even better, and that's not because he could probably pick me up with one hand and crush my head like a grape. Hey, Coach Mo is here, everybody. Hey, guys, it's really awesome to be here. Two shows in one year. What up, world? New record. No, it's not a new record. You had OT for a long time, but we do have to be it's better true. about getting you available when you are. So thank you, Coach, for jumping in. It's a special episode again this week, mm-hmm. and not just because you're here, but because somebody else is going to be here a little bit later. But before we get to that, we're here, of course, to talk about video games and stuff like that. So, Coach, it's been a while. What have you been playing lately? Uh, Madden and FIFA. Um, of course, those are staples in in the Coach Mo backlog. Uh, it's the things I love. Um, however, I'm also playing this week Neo 2, mm. MLB The Show 20. Um, and I just started really getting into um, the Bless Unleashed. It came out. It's a free-to-play that's on the Xbox. I think it might be on the PS4 too. But the Bless? Bless Unleashed. Okay. It's it's a fun little game. Like You kind of just jump in and run around and do different things and fight. And I've, I've really enjoyed it so far. Um I don't know how, but I had the Founders Pack for free. Maybe I was in the beta or something, and mm. I earned some stuff for it. But I'm really—it's one of those things where I don't. If I've got a couple minutes, I'll jump in and play. Um, and then, of course, a lot of Vicar. I love Vicar. Yeah, right. That is my game. That is my game. Uh, my base is all the way up to level nine, so I'm pretty close to finally knocking that out, and then I'll have the best base ever. Interesting. So yeah, Bless Unleashed is it's only on Xbox One for now. It will be coming okay. to the other ones. But this looks kind of interesting. I might have to check this out. I had no idea this existed. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, what do you think of Neo 2? Not as hard as the first one. It's been pretty easy. And and I mean that. Like it's um as someone who really enjoys the Dark Souls games and all those, um, I was really looking forward to this one. Um and 
like when I beat uh, Shadows Die Twice, um, that was like hard, hard, hard. Mm-hmm. Like that was the very that was a difficult game for me, um, and that's what I liked so much about it, like how difficult it was. Dark Souls Three was tough, right? Those were games that like they they beat me down. Neo was brutal. Like I still have problems with Neo, hmm. right? Bloodborne was eh, in the middle, like it wasn't as hard, but this one, Neo Two, like it's it's so far. And I, again, I've only put about two hours in. Fairly simple, and I'm kind of like, when when are these fights going to come that make me go, okay, I really need to think differently, and I need to be more analytical of what I'm doing because that's what made the original Neo as much fun as it was for me. Like there was going to be that easy boss, right? that easy person you fought, but then you were going to get these really hard fights that made you like second guess ever playing video games again. Those are the ones that I miss. And I, so I too am playing Neo two. I got it from uh, gamesreviews.com, So I am reviewing it. Uh, I've never played a dark souls game. I've actually deliberately stayed away from games like those because of everything you hear as a gamer, like, Oh, that's a dark souls or that's the dark souls of games, you know, this and that. So, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> I uh, I like what it does. I think it looks great. The The combat is satisfying this and that, but it's just like I'm used to when you jump into a game like level one, you could run through and just mode on everything like no problems. It, this no, this doesn't happen here. You you can kill one little dude. And the next <laughs> thing you know, there's this giant guy with the giant battle axe that kills you in like two hits. Did you ever hear my Dark Souls story about I think so. how I fell in love with this game? Okay, no. Go for so it. When, when Dark Souls first came out on the 360, um, someone told me about it. Like, this is the hardest game ever. And I was like, I'm down. Like, offer me a challenge. I'm, I'm going to go for it. So I went and bought it. And I put it in. And I started playing it. And as you go through the beginning of the game, you come to a situation where you come into this giant chamber. And there's this huge dude you have not been taught how to fight yet. Mm-hmm. Right? And <laughs> the game tells you to follow the arrows to, to dip out to the left. And then you learn the mechanics that help you beat this guy. Okay. Right. And so I, I don't see the arrows and I just keep trying to fight this guy (laughs) with a broken dagger. And I'm just, I'm running and swinging and spinning and jumping and just trying to get away from like win this fight. And I keep dying over and over and over and over and over again. I'm like, this is the dumbest game in the world. What is wrong with you people? (laughs) So I tell my student about this and he's just like, coach you're supposed to dip off to the left and like learn how to do this 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 and then you get your sword and this and i'm like oh okay gotcha my bad valuable lesson understood pay attention to the game when it tells you to do things my bad and after that like i just i got so hooked and i could not stop playing it like it just became like this this comfort game because as hard as it got eventually you started to think the way they did and understand sure. how important timing is and parrying and and how to use these moves and these skills. And once you learn, like, this is how I'm going to play Dark Souls. This is how my character works. So then you know how to kind of develop that, right? And you just kind of fall in love with the process. And, yeah, they'll, they'll always be, like, a special place in my heart for those games. Cool. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to stick with it and see, you know, how much better i can get it hopefully but like any game combat that results or uh, relies on like parrying and stuff like that i suck at those so this is going to be uh tough for sure like i eventually like learned like all right i'm gonna leave that big dude alone for now and just kind of go around which i did and I've, I've made it through i guess most of the first area i guess you can say but yeah i keep running into things that i'm like man i need to go a lot slower than what i like in games i'm, I'm the run and gun guy so this is a total change of pace for me. So I have to learn this from square one. I think where a lot of people like yourself have played 
numerous games like that. I have never played any of them. So this is just kind of a an awakening. But it the one comforting piece is that you're saying this one's easier compared to the other. So that gives me some hope at least. <laughs> um other than that, I'm playing uh, more of the Division 2. I still really, really like this game, uh, even though I'm I'm playing completely solo. Um, I just like that the combat is very satisfying. I do enjoy the story and the environments uh, more so than from Division 1 with New York. That While New York is closer to home for me, literally, um, but being a, a more of an inner city atmosphere, I felt it wasn't as alive as Washington is, uh, at least in this game. So I, I do see where they learn lessons from Division 1 and apply them to Division 2. So uh, once I continue making my way through that campaign, I think I will definitely be buying the the New York expansion for Division 2 and see how that world has changed a bit. Um, the last thing I do want to talk to you, Coach, about as well. Have you tried the Call of Duty Warzone yet? Um, yeah, I took third today by myself because okay. my teammates died in the first like minute and a half. <laughs> so um. I now you play a ton of different Battle Royales, as do I. Mm-hmm. Um I think you and I probably play the most variety of battle royales. Yep. I think on the staff. So Warzone specific, so not plunder. I'll talk about that separately, I think. I I like the way the game runs. It runs really well. Uh so uh, the one thing I was afraid of is that taking this approach, I was like, is this gonna run like PUBG does where it's still got that jank after all these years? But Warzone runs super smooth. Uh the map I think is very cool. Um everything's built to scale, like it feels better, like when you land at something like the airport or the stadium, they're much bigger than the, the surrounding landscape, but it's not like other games where you can get to an area and run through it in like 10 seconds. Like you can't run from one end of the stadium to the other in 10 seconds. It's closer to actual scale. It gives you some depth as you're going up all the floors. It just feels a little bit more natural, more authentic. One thing I do not like though, coach is I feel like kill streak bonuses and all these other activities that are going on at the same time is almost a bit too much. The contracts, the lockdown locations. To me, it just seems like you didn't need that. You could have just had a, a shoot and go, and it would have, for me, it would have felt a lot better. See, I thought those were very valuable metrics for them to get um, because I'd rather them give me too many things and then tone it back than give me too few. And then have to try to rebuild the, the game. So the gulag is one of my favorite things I've ever. I do like in a battle royale. I think yeah. that I think that's one of those things that's going to change battle royales. I really do. I think that it's something that it's it's like when um, shadow shadow the the one with the orcs and the the Tolkien shadow mortar. Yes, the nemesis system. We thought that was going to change games, right? It was yeah. such an amazing system, and then people didn't use it. I think this is one of those things that if more battle royals look at this, could you imagine an apex if you die and you get you get pulled into and you're being interrogated or something and then you have to fight your way out to get back to your teammates? Oh my goodness, the fun that could be had with that. Um, and they, all of those those scenarios could be different based on what character you are, right? Mm. How how cool would that be? And so I think it's something that's so creative. I love what they've what they've done. Um, I think it's going to be really important. Yeah, the contracts are different, but I love getting one and then it telling telling me where to go find someone. Yeah, right. I love it. Uh, I've I've had it both happen to me and I've had where I've had to go kill someone. And when it happened to me, I was like, okay, you're coming. Let's do this. Like I'm going to be ready for you. I set up traps. Um, I ended up blowing one of them up with a more or with a claymore, <laughs> nice. and the other one I was able to go down the stairs and around and flank him and shot him in the back and took all of his loot. And then his buddy was the one who finally got me. So I got the first two. The third one killed me. And it's such a fun dynamic, right, to have in the game. 
Um, the more that you add onto this, the we can find out, okay, this works really well. People love this. This doesn't. Let's tone that back out, right? That's why I love that they made Plunder because sometimes I just want to go through and find loot and, mm-hmm. and do that Division-esque where you're trying to get out of the war zone, that was yep. it called? The that, dark zone. That's a fun metric, right? Why not have it? By giving us both and by adding in, I think it's just really going to flesh out in really awesome mode. That's, that's fair. I, I, I can see where you're going. The gulag, though, for uh, for anybody who's not familiar with what happens, basically, if you die uh, early on in Warzone, you'll be pulled into the gulag, which is basically a prison, and they'll take two players and throw them into this pit, essentially, give you one gun and like one flashbang, and the first person to get the other one gets to come back into the game. The other person is just done. Um, so it's, it's a very cool thing. And I, I surprisingly have had a lot of success with that. I think I've only not won the gulag once. Like I've done really, really well with that dynamic. It's a lot of fun. Um, so plunder, I actually like better. Um, as you said, I like the idea of just being able to run and loot. If you die, you come back, you just kind of lose your money. Um, I think it's a more fun dynamic. The game, those games feel just a, for me, at least a slight bit too long. Like I wanted to be just a little shorter in plunder because after a while it feels like, all right, there's nothing else for me to get. I got to go try and find somebody and take their money now because there's nothing yeah. else around here. See, I was thinking if they did that bigger uh, S model where you yes. can leave whenever you wanted to, I thought that would be really good. And that's something that I think um, would would help that mode. Yeah, that that's cool. That's fair. So, yeah, I, I like it, but... I was really hoping and, and kind of expecting this to be something that would pull me away from Apex and Fortnite for a while. And I don't think it has. It kind of like every time I boot up, I look at it and I'm like, uh, maybe I'll do one match. And then I immediately go to one of the other two games instead after that. So it's fun. I like what they're doing. I am excited to see, like like you said, there's a lot of change. And, and Call of Duty does this really well where they'll adapt and make tons of updates to the games for better or for worse. They're just constantly updating it. So maybe we'll see some fine tuning and stuff that'll make me... Uh, like it a little bit more, but I think it's a, it was an ambitious project. I, I appreciate what they did. It's just not clicking with me right now, at least mm-hmm. what I, the only reason I enjoy the kill streaks um, is because it reminds me more of apex and having those ultimate power ultimate. Okay. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's yeah. really helpful. Um, I was in a jam where again, this was the match that I played today where I ended up finishing in the top five, top three, and it was by myself. I'm like, well, crap. And luckily I had taken out a couple people I was able to go get a missile strike and had that I not had that missile strike, I would not have been able to clear a path to get myself in oh, okay. that final circle. Like you I needed that because I was outnumbered way, way, way hardcore. So um I, I enjoy it. I think it's one of those things that as long as you're paying attention, you shouldn't be getting caught up in those as much. Because you can always hear the planes. So that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right, well, that, that wraps it up for what we've been playing. So we're going to move on to our reason that it's a special episode uh, this week, and that is because we have a guest tonight. So we're going to go and have a little chat with our guest, and we'll be back after to answer our listener questions. All right, everyone, as promised, even though we had all those huge announcements last week, you know, with the Patreon changes, the house party, the new programs on the PSVG podcast network, and then even Colin Moriarty joining us last week, we're not done. I know you might have thought we were done, but we're clearly not done. Our guest this evening is a features producer for IGN and Mario Speedrunner, Mr. Mark Medina. How are we doing this evening, sir? If you have me on here, you're done. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to tell you. If if I'm all that's left, it's it's over. Well, it was a good five years, guys. Uh podcast is wrapping up. You hear it, you know, 
direct from Mark. So sorry, that, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, we appreciate. It. Thank you Hi. so much for joining us again. We uh, oh, happy to be here. Excellent, excellent. Before we kind of jump in, we do have some questions from you, some from us, some from the fans. Uh, why don't you give folks a quick, you know, who you are for those that may not be familiar with your work? Sure. Uh, so I'm just a guy. <laughs> I'm a guy who has worked at IGN for four years. Um, uh, let's see. I live in Northern California, like most IGN people. Uh, I play a lot of video games like everybody at IGN and probably like you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Nothing, nothing too interesting. I guess, I guess one of the more interesting things about me is that, uh, I'm married and my wife also works at IGN and we work pretty much right next to each other. So that's, uh, that's a fun. That's, That's a fun be one. <laughs> awesome and not at the same time, I think, at certain points, depending on what's going on, right? Uh, no, it's super cool. So she's like our uh, she's our production coordinator. Mm-hmm. And even even though I have producer in my title, I'm kind of a weird producer. Like, I don't know how to use cameras or anything like that. <laughs> uh, video games are my camera. And mm-hmm. and so, um, yeah. And so it's it's kind of like I don't really fall under that purview. But then also sometimes I do. So it's it's a little strange. It's super cool though. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's let's continue on with the gaming theme then. So have you kind of always been a gamer? What's your gaming origin story? When did you start gaming? What console? Uh, maybe a favorite game that you kicked it off with? Sure. Um, let's see. So um yeah, I I remember I was in uh, I used to live in Iowa and I went to a daycare there. And they had like a Super Nintendo. And I, I remember being like, whoa, that's super cool. <laughs> and then I got switched to a different daycare and they only had a regular Nintendo. But luckily I was five, so I didn't know the difference. Right. And so I was just like happy. Um, and then growing up, when I moved here to California, um, we didn't really have too many games. Our first console as like a family was uh, was a Nintendo 64 uh, and so we got like Mario Kart and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And that, that was super fun. It, it what's funny is I play so much. I play more Mario now than I than I ever did growing up. Like we didn't even have that game growing up. So that's super weird that I play that game a lot. Uh, but then my first console, I actually tweeted about this a few weeks ago. My my first console that was mine was a PlayStation Two with Final Fantasy X, and Ooh. that's like where it really like got going. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, and then just kind of always stuck with it since then, just, you know, growing up, you know, in, in my 20s, just playing games and then got hired at 27 and play more games now than I ever have, which is a little, yeah, I guess to be expected. <laughs> it's, it's the dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, our second question is, um, what is the best thing you've seen or been a part of in the gaming um, atmosphere? Um. You mean like, uh, what's the best thing I've been a part of at IGN? No, um, more like, so when I first bought uh, Fallout 76, one mm. of my favorite things to do was to drop water off at the front door when people came out of the vault so that they <laughs> would have water or guns or armor. And I, every time I logged in, I would run over, drop off some goods, and then go back to playing so that yeah. new gamers kind of got this added bonus where they walked out and go, Oh goodness, a weapon. Thank God I can, I can just protect myself. <laughs> um, so more in that, that atmosphere, like what was that, that thing you've been, you've seen or been a part of in gaming that just really brought you joy? Sure. Uh, I do have an answer for that, but, but to build off your fallout 76, uh, I actually encountered somebody cause I, I'm, I'm one of those weird, like 
unashamedly, I like Fallout 76. Uh, <laughs> right. oh, I'm right there with you. It's one oh, of my good. favorite games, and I still log in and play all the time. I actually was going to, when they were originally talking about the servers, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give you more money. Let me play yeah. more on my own. Yeah, when when we when they were doing that PlayStation, uh, like what were the hours you spent playing video games or whatever yeah. on PlayStation? Uh, my top two were weirdly tied at like ninety nine hours, and it was Death Stranding and Borderlands three, and then Ooh. like ninety five hours was was Fallout seventy six, and everyone's like, "What?" And I'm like, "I <laughs> like that game." I'm, I'm with you. No, I really, I really enjoy it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, and so I had something like that where I was in the first like town, and somebody came up, and they're like, "Citizen." open chat with or you know open trade and then i open trade and then like all of a sudden he just like gave me a bunch of stuff and he was like be safe out there citizen and then like ran away and i'm like <laughs> i'm like i want to be able to talk to people that's cool that's the hero <laughs> <we needed. laughs> yeah. um but yeah uh i would say so i played world of warcraft for a long time uh seven or eight years and uh so i i I can't think of like any specific moment, but kind of like that, we ended up meeting a ton of friends on World of Warcraft. Uh-huh. Friends that ended up becoming real life friends because people are always closer than you think they are. Yep. And if they're not close to you, they know someone that is. And so like we met, uh, I remember we were trying to do some really nerdy stuff back in the day, like take a guild picture. And this like, <laughs> uh, this like dwarf was like, trolling us and like getting in the way and we're like dude who is this guy and then we ended up talking to him a bunch and then uh and then he ended up like we ended up becoming friends with them and then it turns out they had family in a town called turlock which is just north of where i was living at the time and uh long story short like they were at our wedding when we got married oh my god (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's like some guy that was just like trolling us and then, like, we met people in L.A. We we met people that lived in Australia that then came and visited and stayed at our house. And so it was stuff like that, like games bringing people together that that it's people that we still talk to to this day. And, and I haven't played World of Warcraft in you know years and years and years. <laughs> no, that's really awesome. Then the games bring people together. I mean, that's a lot what PSVG is, too. So, like, I'm in Rhode Island. Uh, coaches in Florida. We have people in, in Iowa, actually, too. Texas, California. We're, like, all across U.S. and even Canada nice. at this point, too. And it's it's the funny thing is, like, a few of us have met in person over the uh, last five years, but a vast majority of us haven't. But we're, like, everyday communicating. We're, we're like, best friends virtually, even though we, we don't physically see each other that often. Um, yeah, that's, that's but yeah, super it's, cool. It is. It's awesome. Um, so speed running, that's obviously a big part of, of what you love here. So what initially got you into it? Because in my head, I can't wrap my skull around the things that speed runners do in general. I'm like, <laughs> how do you break the game? Like, how do you even find out that this works? So what got you in and, and what's the motivation, the drive to keep doing it? Yeah. Like it's always been one of those things where it's, uh, it's, uh, like you guys, like you see it and you're like, what is going on? And that's still how I am with every game except for Mario. And so it's like, how do they figure this stuff out? How do they do this? And so uh, I remember I was watching a GDQ. You guys are familiar with GDQ? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was watching a GDQ and they were playing Mario and I was like, wow, that's really, really cool. And it was one of the, he's a now legendary kind of speed runner for Mario. His name is Siglimic. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I was watching his 120 star run at GDQ and I was like 80 stars in and I remember thinking, wow, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch this entire thing. That's crazy. 
<laughs> yeah, right. And it's weird to think about because I've watched countless 120 star runs since. So it's, it was weird to me to think that, like, wow, I'm dedicating two hours of my life watching this thing. And now I watch it all the time. And so it was kind of one of those things where I was like, I could do that. I everyone plays Mario. I can I can I can do that. Uh and I couldn't. But uh <laughs> <laughs> so then it was this thing where it was like, okay, well let me try to let me try to play and until I can. Uh and it became this weird like addiction thing where I think people think I'm joking when I say play, when I say that I play Mario every day. Uh it's it's not a joke. I would say 5 to 6 days a week I'm spending at least an nice. hour playing that f- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if you're like that's okay. Um, you're okay. <laughs> um, and it does. It becomes this thing where it's like I hate it, and yet I love it because the game is just so fun to play. And it's like, why? It's I don't know why, uh, but I hate it because I'm like, there are so many things I could be doing. But <laughs> right, it became this thing where where uh, a lot of people have these these backlogs, right? And uh, I remember like six months a year ago something like that i remember thinking i'm not gonna be a backlog person anymore i don't want to be that person that like has to be every game and i think that's when mario really started kicking in because i'm like you know what yeah maybe i'm never gonna finish control but i'm doing what i'm enjoying why force myself to play this other thing and so then i really really started playing mario a lot (laughs) so with that, um, if you could speed run any video game like faster than anyone else, what game would that be? Oh man, it'd be Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so slow, but uh, compared to you know the top runners, we just did a thing where I I, I recorded my own speed run, and they uh, the two top speed runners of the world watched it as part of our Des React series. It was it was a pros react. It was like a, a little one off, and uh, they called me a new player several times and i've played mario 64 (laughs) it's got to be close to 1500 hours at this point and so the thought that somebody was calling me a new player i was like god damn (laughs) Uh, but but to be fair they've probably played it six or seven thousand hours so it's like it makes sense to them i am a new player um but uh yeah i totally wish i was better than everyone at that game but that'll never happen (laughs) i'm too old so i just i just have fun (laughs) I'm with you too. Like my my Twitch reactions are getting worse and worse as I get up there in ages too. So it's 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 rough. Yeah, I always uh, thought that was a myth. It is not a myth. No, it's definitely not. It's 100 <laughs> percent not because I could cruise through games like Mario One, Two, Three, Super Mario World. Like I could do all those games like with my eyes closed after a while. And now sure. if I go back and revisit them, like the NES Classic or something. I can still beat them, but I'm nowhere near as good. Like I can't just fly yep. through the levels anymore. It's the same with like Call of Duty and stuff like that. Yes. I'm like I just I cannot keep up with with kids these days yeah. <laughs> darn someone kids ruining our video games <laughs> as someone who plays primarily sports games it's never affected me so i'm sorry guys oh. <laughs> that's, that's a little more forgiving there and start playing madden yeah. that's my game um, so one of my favorite pieces you've done was uh your video you did for the dream squad and ghost recon with little wayne yeah so number one how the heck did that come to be because that's just a weird concept <laughs> uh, but two, what was it like working with him? Because he's he's a very unique kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but the whole video was hilarious. I love like the take that you did on the video. Like your ideas were, I thought, hilarious. <laughs> and how did you not pick Batman? <laughs> I know, right? It's so strange. 
Yeah, it's so weird because he he was like we were like Batman. He's like, oh, I know Bruce Wayne, and then doesn't pick him. It's very right. it's very strange. <laughs> he picked Wayne Newton because yes. he's like, oh, he's rich. I'm like, um, Batman is like canonically rich, <laughs> like right. And Wayne okay. Campbell, he, t- he took uh, Wayne's World, Wayne too, and I'm like, what is he gonna do? <laughs> I t- uh so yeah i don't know it was weird uh how it came about was uh ubisoft was like hey do you guys want to come uh uh shoot a video with lil wayne he's doing a commercial for ghost recon breakpoint and uh it was one of those things where they were like here's the kicker it's on a saturday and a bunch of our hosts happened to just not be available and i was like I'll do it. I'm a little Wayne fan <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll drive into the city and, and I don't live in San Francisco, but I was like, right. I'll, I'll drive over and I'll, uh, I'll go. And they were like, sure. Cause I, I'm, I'm pretty close with uh, some of the Ubisoft guys over there. Uh, Ubisoft and IGN is kind of weird. Like they, they're kind of like all our age range. <laughs> oh, so right, like, right. we're all kind of, you know, um, they're good. They're good guys and girls. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, yeah, I, 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 I think that'd be super cool. I'd love to go over there. And they were like, okay, just come and and you'll have 10 minutes and, and, you know, pitch something. And so I was playing, uh, I was playing call of duty or something with my friends that night. And we were coming up, I was trying to come up with ideas. Uh, and I was like, guys, what if we had him like pitch his dream team using famous Wayne's? Uh, and so then they're the, they're the ones that helped me come up with the, uh, with the team names actually because the team I, names are I, funny too yeah they were the ones that they were like you know wait no wayne no gain mm-hmm. and the wayne train and stuff like that the, because my friend i was playing with his name is zach he's a big sports guy and so like those are to me those are kind of like sports kind of thing you know yeah, the, fantasy football names like team names yeah exactly and mm-hmm. so he he was just like rattling them off and i'm like yeah exactly fantasy football like it it, it actually makes sense now why he was so good at that. Now that you <laughs> mentioned that. Uh, and, uh, and so, and so, yeah, so then we just drove in and, and I was, I was super nervous because I was more worried. It's always this weird thing where you're like, Hey, we're not just going to talk about ghost recon. We're going to play this game where he picks you know mm-hmm. things. And uh, he had this like, celebrities always have these like entourages and this in the end and so and Lil Wayne was no different and so everyone's like on edge and and uh you know he's just like in a room somewhere and it's just like this big guy and he's like so what are you guys gonna do and I'm like so I have this thing and I'm like scrolling through on the iPad (laughs) he's just like looking and he's he's giving me nothing and I'm just like and then these are the team names we came up with we think they're funny and he's like yeah, I think he's gonna like that a lot. And I'm like, oh thank God. Oh my God, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and uh and, and they were like, they were like, they had me scared because they're like, you know, the interview's at eleven, but you know, he may not show up till twelve. We kind of right. just we're on his schedule and stuff like that. And I get there and they approve it, and then they're like, Okay, he's coming out right now. And I'm like, it's 1050. Like, okay. <laughs> I thought we were gonna be waiting there till like one. Yeah. And uh, because they said that that could happen. I was like, okay. And uh it, he was super high, it, but that comes across in the video. Yes, very <laughs> so much that's, so. That's not a surprise. <laughs> and uh once we got talking, it was totally cool. It was yeah. cool. He was he was a super nice guy, and then uh and then once we got done filming, like he kind of chatted with us a bit but he was like doing a bunch of different things so then he had to go but it was it was like nervous at first but once we started talking it was it was cool 
And I, I hope that came across in the video that I wasn't yeah. like crazy. No, it did. It was, it was funny. It was, <laughs> I thought it was good. All right. Our next question. So let's say you're at a bar and in walks Jesus. Okay. And he, he comes and he sits down and, and he looks, you know, like he's been through some stuff. You have three <laughs> options. Which one do you choose? Option one, you buy him a drink. Give him a little head nod. Option two, you ask him to turn your water into your drink of choice. Or three, just leave him alone because it looks like he has a lot on his plate. Man, I feel like there's so much to this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go with uh, let's go with option A. You buy him a drink. You know, he's, you need to get his head. You know, you okay. need to help him out. So I've used this as my icebreaker question for almost 13 years, and I yeah. found that there's like like an 80 percent success rate of people who like choose option A or yeah. C. I get along really well with them. Oh, option good. B and I don't get along real good, but man, Uh-oh. that's awesome. That's a good, it's a good choice. Just, you know, <laughs> Hey, thanks, man. I know you're going through some stuff. Here, here's one on me. Sure. <laughs> that's like, that's like the, that's, I, I, that's like the superpower question where it's like, yeah. y- you know, if you could fly or if you could go invisible and it's like the answer to that is like, actually like t- says a lot about you as a person. <laughs> yep. Yep. Hopefully that says I'm a nice guy. <laughs> nope, nope, you nailed it. That's a good answer. If coach likes you, you're good. You're fine. Oh, good. Um, so our next question uh, came from Donnie, who was initially ho- supposed to be here tonight, but he works for emergency management. And with everything that's going on in today's age, he's working 12 hour shifts, seven days oh, a week. Damn. So he couldn't make it. Um, but he did want to send in a question. So he says, I'm really upset. I can't make it tonight. We'll have to have you back one day. In spirit of my absence, I'd love to know what you think about these Xbox Series X specs as a PC player. How do you think consoles will stack up to PC in the next two to three years? And thank you so much for dropping by PSVG. Shout outs to Donnie. He's working. He's working out there. Uh, shoot. I'm sorry. Can you uh, can you repeat the question? Yep. So he'd love thinking, to know. I was thinking about you, Donnie out there yeah, right? putting, putting in work. <laughs> so he'd love to know what you think about the Xbox Series X specs uh, from a PC perspective. Hmm. And then how do you think consoles will stack up to PC in the next two to three years? As we're going to see that shift. They're becoming more and more powerful. Yeah. Uh, consoles are in a weird spot. Uh, now, first and foremost, I, I don't know how I come across, across on Twitter, uh, but I, I am a, I'm a console guy. I mm-hmm. PlayStation is my, is my jam. Uh, I recently got a PC and that's kind of where I've been leaning more towards, but I think that's just cause it's new. Yeah. Once the new consoles come out, I think I'll be, you know, all over them. Uh, the specs look really, really cool. Console gaming is always going to be that like approachable thing because no matter how good it is, 12 teraflops, whatever, you know, even if it's $600, that's so much cheaper than a computer. True. Um, I, I bought everything except for my video card. Uh, and, and my computer was still like $700 and, uh, yeah, it's, it's very expensive, uh, as far. And so they, they always have that advantage, but as far as like graphics and all that stuff, consoles are in a weird space. Um, in the fact that uh, frame rate is a big thing for me. Um, and that's kind of why I've leaned more towards PC is right now is because your eyes, a lot of people say your eyes can only see 60 frames per second, but you can feel more than that. And so if you've ever PC gamed on like a monitor, that's like a 144 Hertz, there is a difference. And so when a console comes out and a console says, we're going to, we're going to be able to do, you know, 1080p, 144 hertz that's really really exciting except for the fact that most tvs are only 60 hertz right so that that is going to be this like weird strange things for cons for consoles for a little bit 
is most of the time they're still just going to be 1080 or 4K60 because now your TV is going to be the thing holding you back. And it's this weird like dynamic, right? Consoles are meant to be easy. You're supposed to open them, you plug them into your TV, you plug them in the wall, and you're good. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people, the second they have to start looking at refresh rates for their TVs and HDMI 2.1 and stuff like that, yep. it's it's it's... I don't know how much that's going to translate. I I know it's it will for some, but most people are going to buy an Xbox Series X or a PS5. They're going to hook it up to the TV they've had for a few years, which is probably some beautiful 65-inch OLED TV, and they're not going to get the frame rate that they're advertising because yep. they don't have a TV that supports it. Um, so I guess that's a really long version of saying... PC and consoles are always just going to live in this in these like different worlds, I think. Uh, but that said, 12 teraflops is a lot of teraflops and the console games are going to be looking real good. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> they're going to be looking really good. And I, I think they're going to be able to I, I'm interested to see what they're able to do with uh, we had, it was like a week or two ago where uh, some I don't know if it was Microsoft that said it or a game dev, but it was like what the consoles can do is, you know with how powerful they are now they can we can make worlds bigger than ever yeah and a lot of people were like we don't want bigger worlds we <laughs> want more fleshed out worlds more yeah. alive worlds and that's what i'm really interested to see like open world games have been around forever but then when you walk around like something like the witcher and stuff like that and like everyone's doing a job and stuff that's the kind of like evolution i can't wait to see more of when the new yeah. consoles come out when I heard it, the first thing I thought of was like The Witcher, except you could play it like Minecraft, where now you can go in and start demolishing things in the world and it would like be a living thing that went on. And that really got me kind of excited. So, yeah, it's, it, you know, and harking back to like Fallout, um, you know, in Fallout 4, there was a lot of places you could build, but you can't uh-huh. build anywhere. You build where they tell you you can build. Yeah. And then Fallout 76 did this kind of like, step in the right direction to me which was you could build anywhere and that's kind of what i want is to be able to like put a house wherever i want and then the world just kind of has to react to that yeah i think that's super cool so since you've been at I, or ign for almost four years i think it was like 2017 uh, when i first heard you went unlocked um mm-hmm. what what's been the biggest changes you've seen happening just for you guys as you've grown over the last four years uh the industry or IGN as a whole? Uh, IGN. Oh, man. Uh, IGN is a weird place because IGN is is uh, it's very strange. I was a fan before I worked there. And I, 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 like a lot of people, knew a lot of people that worked there. And none of them work there anymore. <laughs> uh, so IGN has has definitely like evolved to this new era that I, I guess I'm you know I'm kind of proud to say that I'm a part of because I kind of came in this like weird shift where it's like the kind of funny guys had just left, uh, and then and then you know it it was kind of this old era died and this new era began, and uh, but that's not to say it's a bad era. I love IGN right now, and I, I think we have a really good team. Um, but I would say the biggest changes is like, yeah, just it's got to be the people like anybody. I <laughs> it's weird to think I've been there four years and it's weird to think that like, yeah, it's it's really hard to 
kind of point around the room and see who's been there longer. Not not that that's a bad thing. And there's definitely a ton of people that have been there longer than me. Uh, but there's also a lot of new faces, which has kind of changed how the site operates and and creates content. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I won't say for the better as in like it was worse before, but it's definitely different. And uh, I definitely like that. I've been able to be a part of this like new wave. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, the push towards social is definitely a lot stranger too. When I first started, you know, we, we, it was kind of smaller and now that's like one of the biggest things we do. And so it's kind of like the world is changing and IGN is very, very good at changing with it. <laughs> and so it's, it's been a fun, it's been fun to be a part of that. I really enjoyed this, this newer group that's come up the last couple of years. Um, I don't watch a lot of YouTube. But there was a video of the five hundred dollar um, Marie plushie that the the they made. <laughs> yep. I've never left harder hearing a story. Like oh, I yeah. saved it, I showed it to uh, a couple of my students, and we were dying. Like I was like, "This is great!" Like the fact that they went as far as to make a slack to try to get this Marie <laughs> uh, crowdsourced to buy just had me rolling. And I really, I think, I think this new content that's been coming out is just it's it's getting better and better, and it's just so much fun to watch you guys. It's, this has all happened. So the, the, the sheep story, I, I watched the video. I can't remember if they talked about this or not, but it was, it was really funny. So they were waiting for the sheep to get here and it came. And I remember Casey was walking through the hallway with this just enormous box. And, uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, my wife is the production coordinator and, uh, it got really, really busy where they were trying to figure out productions. We, you know, we just launched this like, daily news show and they're, so they're trying to figure things out and the video for that sheep unboxing ended up getting pushed and it got pushed to a friday and then something else came up and uh i think the easy answer was like hey we're, we're gonna have to just push the sheep unboxing and my wife her name's amanda was like we we can't because <laughs> these they they bought that sheep and it is still in the box and they are like itching like she could not do that to them. i'm like i'm sorry guys like i know it doesn't mean much to everybody but like they bought and pulled their money together and now the sheep has been sitting in a box for a week we have to <laughs> let them open it and they, because they weren't allowed to open it until they opened it right. on camera that was that was genuine them opening it for the first time and seeing it for the first time uh, that's why you see ginger petting it over and over <laughs> and, <laughs> and so it's like it's kind of one of those things where it's like yeah, Amanda was just like, I'm sorry, guys, we can't push this anymore. We have to let them open it. Because they were just like, the box was just sitting there, and it was so sad. <laughs> so I'm glad you got, I'm glad you liked it. Yep. Um, so the big story, obviously, in the last couple of weeks has really been around all the cancellations and everything due to Corona and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. with E3 done for this year, yeah. do, do you see this as the death blow to the conference? Will we see it return, or are people going to realize, like, developers don't really need it you know with with the age of nintendo directs and state of plays and so on and so forth mm-hmm. uh, what's your take on kind of e3's relevance in the new digital age we're kind of experiencing now yeah that's so it's every time i hear that e3 is canceled i it like it throws me off mm-hmm. this would have been my this would have been my fourth e3 and i love e3 like most people um and so it's it's very strange to to still hear that it's that it's canceled um here's here's what i'll say about e3 uh the comments 
go a little wild. E3 is enormous. It mm-hmm. is huge. Um, as as people that stream, we don't see those streaming no- numbers uh, any other time of the year. Uh, true. Like you know, we 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 stream on Twitch and we get a few hundred or whatever. Uh, during E3, we get a few hundred thousand. So the the whole like weird notion that E3 has been dead for years is malarkey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, like um, E3 is enormous, and so it's crazy to think that it's not happening. Um, that said, if if cool things could end up happening this year, that that do make more sense for the industry because E3 is very expensive. Yeah. Um, I think I would be okay with it. I think I would miss it. Um, I love that idea of, uh, I I'm sure you guys have heard about like the war room and stuff like that. Yeah. That's like literally what it is. You know, we, we all go down, we all stay in a hotel together all in one room. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> small, budget, small budget. We understand. It's, it's, you <laughs> know, save the, you gotta, save that money. You gotta get, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, I got a pillow this year, so it was cool. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Moving on but, uh, up. Yep, yeah. Next year, I might get my own toothbrush. Whoa, um, baller! I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch, though. Right. Um, but yeah, it it really is that we all stay in a hotel. We're all in this like you know, I foreign city. It's L.A., but you know, we're all in this city together that we don't live. And so it's like, hey, do you guys want to go to dinner? Sure, because there's nothing none of us are going home right. and so it's like you, you hang out and then you go to the war room and it's literally this like makeshift tables are set up and it's just like a hundred people in a room all working towards this one thing um and that's definitely going to be that's definitely going to be a little weird to not have this year um but it, i guess it depends on the publishers like if they stick to that e3 week and they yeah. still have like microsoft already announced they're having this big digital event yep. uh ubisoft said they're going to do something so we just need you know bethesda square it, as long as they stick to that week i think you're still going to get a little bit of a slice of that yeah but that's what I'm hoping for. there there is definitely sure that that idea of uh yeah if ubisoft is like wow this was way easier and way cheaper without being having to go to LA and uh, Microsoft and all them. Like, I really don't know. Uh, I think it's a little too early to be like, that's it. (laughs) But I think it's definitely going to be a little different from here on out. Once E3 has kind of always been this thing where it's like, it's always been done this way. And now that you're forced to not, it's uh, I think, uh, I think there's definitely an evolution coming. Um, So our last question, cheese fries. Best food ever or busted nachos? Oh man, why do you gotta save the hardest question for last? Yep, it's it's the dinger. It's, it's <laughs> the a, one. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, if you had the Taco Bell cheese fries, those are actually kind of good. Anyways. I have not. But... <laughs> They're not good for you. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with they're great. Okay. They're not better than nachos because I love nachos. So they're not busted nachos, <laughs> um, but uh, but cheese fries can totally uh, they can exist. They can coexist with nachos just fine. <laughs> All right. I don't know what that says about me as a person. Nope, nope, Again, good. <laughs> we're, we're we're good with that as well. So it's okay. <laughs> um. So Mark, part of part of the reason why uh, I'm on here, um, I don't actually do a lot of the podcasts anymore. Um. However, 
Donnie knows that I'm a really big fan of yours. And so Aww. the reason I'm such a big fan is you and I have a very similar sense of humor in that sometimes when you're not quite sure what to say, you're really good at making fun of yourself. And so <laughs> I, I believe it was like your first or second appearance on Unlocked. You were like, yep, if I'm here, then it's, it's there's no one else. <laughs> you're, you're just down to the bottom of the barrel. That's why you oh, yeah. me. And I remember when you were making the joke, I was laughing because I was like, that's how I feel a lot. <laughs> and it led to me having these conversations and then eventually joining PSVG and getting to be on part of the team. And so I just want to th- say thank you so much just for being who you are, being just <laughs> a, a super joyful, um, fun person. Because I remember when you would talk about working with your wife, um, my wife and I are both mm-hmm. teachers and we work together. And so mm-hmm. I, I always enjoyed like your view on it because it was something that I also get to enjoy. And so I just want to say like, thank you for being just a really awesome person and for just putting some good out in the world. Cause we need a lot more of it. And I just yeah. really thankful for you. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's uh, it's a weird thing. It's still weird being on the podcast. Cause like, you know, you, you guys are fans of IGN clearly. Mm-hmm. And I, I was a big fan of IGN too. Uh, and so it's, uh, I've had, you know, other people have told this story as well. Uh, there are versions of this story. But I remember sitting there um, and having, like, uh, Ryan McCaffrey come up and, like, tap me on the shoulder. And he's like, hey, would you want to be on Unlock this week? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so that's literally how I felt was I was like, what? Yeah. They they must really be scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel if, if, they, if they they just need old Mark on there. And now it's it's weird to think that I've been on there so much. And and it just happened. I was on Game Scoop this week and and uh I I wasn't at work. Um we got into a like a, a little minor car accident and and so I took a couple of days off on Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh but uh Amanda went in Wednesday and Damon came up to her and was like, Hey, is Mark gonna be in tomorrow? And she's like, Yeah, he should be. And he's like, Okay, uh, I'm gonna need him on a game scoop. And she's like, Okay. And then like they booked me out for it. And then I, it always like throws me off still, which is weird. Cause I'm like, there are a million people in this office. Wh- why are they choosing me to be on there? <laughs> it's a very, it's a very weird thing. Uh, but I appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys having me on too. That's, there's, there are better people at IGN to get, but no, yes, I, you're, you're, you're one of the really good ones. Um, yep. And just like unlocked has always meant a lot to me. Cause it was like my first podcast I'd ever really listened to. Um, and it's actually nice. spun off some of the stuff that we did here. We did a smaller show called PSVGOT for a little bit where we just told stories. And I told on there that all came from the episode after um, Ryan's dog died. I, mm. I was, I got wrecked. Like I, I think I bawled that entire episode. I was, he talked about her last day and I was like, we need to tell more stories because this is the stuff that when they podcast, that really means something to me. Mm. And our boss man, Don was like, go for it. I was like, me? No, you guys are on to the show. So he goes, no, do it. And so <laughs> no, we started just where we told stories. And so I just, we're very grateful for all you guys do just for helping give us guidance and information and just the support and love and hope. So thank you again. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I love that a lot. I, I weirdly love spinoff episodes like that. Mm. Uh, you know, every, everybody talks about video game news and stuff like that. And I, and I, I enjoy it too. And so that's what you have to do, right? But like, I love during the holidays when news kind of just dies, and we're just like, "Hey, we need an episode to play over the holidays." And it's like, let's just talk about our favorite games we played this year, or yeah. let's just talk about what we'll be playing over the weekend. It's like those are episodes I love, or you know, just like 
what was a cool gaming moment you had this year? So th- this was super fun to do. It's been 40 minutes. It was great. It flew by. <laughs> right, right. So we don't, we don't want to take any more of your time, but once again, thank you so much, Mark. It really was a pleasure. Um, where can folks follow you online if they're not following you already? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Mark underscore Medina. Uh, I, I, I try to keep it, uh, I try to keep it positive over there. I try to keep a uh, gaming, gaming related and, you know, um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I talk about speedruns a lot. <laughs> and uh, if you like our uh, Devs React to Speedrun show, uh, thank you. Because that has been this like weird baby of mine. So I'm glad people <laughs> like it. Half-Life I just 2. watched the Half-Life 2 one. Oh, did you like it? <laughs> yes, it was fun. Oh, I say it every week, but that is my favorite episode. I've watched that episode three times now. To be fair, it's because I was editing it, but sure. I, I, I enjoyed it every time because those guys are so funny. Oh, yeah. It was so good. I love uh, like right, right off the bat. They're like, well, if we just make this swamp kill you instantly, this would just stop this right here right now. So they're, like, they're already plotting how to stop speedrunners. It was great. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Thank, thank you guys for having me. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. All right, and thanks again to Mark for joining us this week on PSVG. is pretty awesome to have here. He's a really good dude, as you can tell from the interview. So if you're not following him, I strongly encourage you to do so. Uh, he was a blast to have on, and we hope that uh, maybe someday we'll have him on again. Um, so with that, um, you know, we did what we've been playing. We had our interview instead of news. So I think it's time to check out the messages. message for you sir our first message comes from tom servo coach he wants to know have you ever turned the music off in any game and if so what game was it oh man um i turn the music off in every game uh i play on silent a lot really Um, oh man all the time um i play call of duty a lot of times if i'm just playing regular multiplayer I won't even have my headphones on because I'll listen to a podcast or I'll be listening for the baby or, or stuff like that. Like, I really don't. It's just kind of how I operate. Um, but, no, I've, I've never been a sound guy. Like, I remember when I was you know younger, and this is a weird story, but I'm going to tell it anyways. Um, I would always spend money working on cars. And my friends were like, oh, what's the sound system sound like? I'm like, what sound system? I didn't even put a radio in. I care about how the exhaust sounds mm-hmm. like. I care right. about you know, I'm more about the meat and potatoes instead of dessert. Like, and, and so that's kind of, there, there are games where like, I, I will listen to the music and go, okay, this is fine. Like uh need for speed heat, which I still play pretty regularly. That's got a really fun soundtrack, but I play it very low hmm. because I'd rather be, you know, listening to the engine and that kind of stuff. So I kind of mess with it that way, but I've never been like a, I've never bought a music CD from a video game, right? I've never downloaded a song or I don't have a favorite song. Um, I'll listen to the Madden playlist, but on one ear, just because it's like on Madden while I'm playing it. Yeah. Right. But that, it's never been for me. So Tom, sorry, I'm not your, I'm not the music guy. Yeah. I, I, so if it's just a regular video game and it's just like their soundtrack, I, I don't really mess with it. Um, but games that have licensed music and all the time, that's the one I actually turn off. Um, so like playing Grand Theft Auto, hop in a car. First thing I do, I turn the radio off. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear any of that stuff. It gets to be really annoying for me. Um, so anything that has licensed music, I typically turn it off because it just gets to be super repetitive. Uh, other than Crazy Taxi, because The Offspring is awesome and that I can play with the soundtrack on all the time. Our next question comes in from Haley, the Platinum Princess over there at the PSXP. Have you ever forced yourself to finish a game 
you didn't like? Oh, God, yes. Um, <laughs> I've gotten a lot of 1000s on the Xbox, and a lot of those games I did not did not love. I just started the 1000 for a game called Bird Game. It's not fun. That is not a fun game. It is tediously boring. Um, but trying to hunt those achievements, um, just because I have a little bit of time off this week, so I can kind of do a little bit more. Um, the hardest one was, uh, I don't want to say this, Zelda was still the hardest one, Breath of the Wild. Um, just because I'd made a bet with, with Lace and everything that was yep. involved with that. And God, that was tough to finish. Like if, if he could have just told fish girl, he loved her. I think I would have been all in. I think that was really the moment that like, I was like, this is dumb. Like I'm not, this is, I can't do this anymore <laughs> because the landscape is good. Right. And being able to climb everything. And, um, I really enjoyed the the way the hearts worked with the stamina and everything and all those things. Like there were some cool things about that game. But the story part was the thing that really like that was that moment where I was like, okay, I'm trying to get, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. That broke my spirit. Mm-hmm. I was like, homie, Fish Girl is saying, baby, I love you. Caramelize me, baby. And you're not even respond? You monster. You left her unread. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna continue along with that same train and uh not Breath of the Wild for me. But uh, our boss man, Don's one of his favorite games, Legend of Zelda, the Wind Waker. I did not like that game as much as everyone else did. It was okay. Um, But as a Zelda fan playing through all the Zelda games up until that one, that one just didn't click with me as much as everybody else. I don't know if it was the sailing. I'm notorious for not liking riding in boats in games. And maybe this stems from this game, but that's why I didn't like. um, Well, I did like uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, but the ship combat I tried to avoid if at all possible and never did anything. So uh, I think that's what it is there, but I did force myself to beat it because I just beat them all. So I have to had to beat that Zelda, but yeah, that one I did not like as much. Lucas did make an appearance here. Hey, he Luke. wants to know oh, if you could make any fictional character, a mortal Kombat 11 DLC character, who would it be? And please describe their best fatality move. Okay. All right, I got this. Jay Cutler from Madden, let's go like 14. It was either 14 or 15, where he his arm strength was really like a 98, which is like ridiculous in Madden. Like you mm-hmm. don't normally see it that high. So that Jay Cutler, his finishing move is called the Cavalry, where he takes a drink from his wife, spins it, and then throws it with that giant can of an arm. It goes through the person. Like just right through them, they look down and then the olive falls out and they fall over. I I don't know if I can beat that. I'm I got skills on me. Plus, yeah. I really love Jay Cutler. So anytime I can talk about him, I would totally will. I'm gonna say my ideal one fictional character would be if we put Lucas in Mortal Kombat 11 because I don't know about you, Coach. I've never seen him in person. He might not be real. Hmm? Just throwing that out there. Who? Lucas. I've seen Lucas. Not in person. Whoa. Lucas is imaginary. You're Lucas. No, I'm Justin. You're Lucas I mean, and I'm Kevin, Kevin and Justin all rolled into one. Javutlin. <laughs> I knew it. You're it, a Are you me too? No, I'm not okay. you. You're That's, you're you. I'm me. If I'm me and you're you, is mm. we still we? As in like we you? I don't know. Or we me. I two plus two is seven, my guy. Okay, fair enough. Um, Lucas's finishing move is he he get all hopped up on some kratom, 
and then he would feed you poison donuts because that's all I know Lucas for at this point is okay. donuts. Respect. Okay. Uh, Mythical Malice asks us in the Discord, uh, how many games do you think will be postponed this year due to coronavirus, a.k.a. the human malware, and which <laughs> games do you think are most likely? Um, here's the thing. I don't think the actual game will be postponed. I think the game will be done. I think the making and building of the disc is going to be the issue. I think digital cells are going to be just fine. Mm. Um, I think this is going to be the physical delay is going to be the actual problem. Um, but the ones that I really think are going to get hit is I think everything that's being built and published primarily overseas is going to be the games that are really going to take a hit. So a lot of those games, I think the last of us two is going to be fine because for yeah. the most part, you know, everything's done here and they, they should be Okay. Um, so I think a lot of those bigger titles are going to be just fine. I just think anything that's being mass produced across the ocean is where we're going to run into hiccups because as people get sick, they don't go to work. They don't go to work. Things don't get made. Things don't get made. They don't get boxed up. No one picks up the boxes. Boxes don't get the ships. Ships don't get sailed. So that's very true. Yeah. I, um, I'm like you, I don't think many games will get postponed. Um, number one, because you got to imagine everything that they do is digital anyway. So if they really had to remote work, I think would work in a lot of cases, not the physical production, of course, but any games that are currently in development and not ready to go. uh, I don't think we'll see massive delays there. Um, I think the ones we would see postponed, and I think this may tie in directly into the consoles is I'm not entirely sure. Now we're going to see Xbox one X and PS five this year. So if those don't come out, then obviously I think any game being developed exclusively for that, would of course be delayed naturally too. I think that's really the bigger question is, are we going to see the consoles come out this year? And I'm not entirely sure unless something changes radically. I mean, like we're just, you gotta imagine we're just getting hit in the U S now, but over in China and and that area, like they've been dealing with this for like a month now already and things don't really seem to be getting better. It's just getting worse. So I'm not sure this is a four week solution. Like, Oh, we took a month off and it's no big deal. We can catch up. It's like, this might be three or four or five months down the line. And we don't know what's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Um, so question for you, cause you did say something I thought was interesting that, you know, the, the games will be done like last of us two game will be done, but the physical production of discs may be delayed. Do you think any company is actually going to move forward with releasing a game digital if they don't have physical available as well? Um, I think if they don't, it's going to be a huge catastrophe for them, right? Like if your, your consumer knows the last of us two is finished, just the physical game is the issue, right? So I get a message from GameStop. Hey, your collector's edition, The Last of Us 2, which I got because I have the previous one. Um, I was like, if they call me and say, hey, it's going to be delayed six months. Oh, cool. I, as long as you guys give me a code for the digital version of the game, I'm fine. And then okay. me and that statue can do whatever. The same thing happened with Amazon. I believe I ordered the collector's edition of one of the Assassin's Creed games. It's when mm-hmm. I was in Texas. And they're like, hey, this is going to be late. Here's the code for the game. Jump in and start playing. A week later, the actual physical showed up, and I traded the game in. I was like, win-win, right? Yeah, right. Um, so as long as they're respectful of that and understand that most most consumers that are playing these games have to have the internet, right? The right. PS4 needs the internet to update and do things. The Xbox One needs the internet to update and do things. Most people probably have that, right? So why wouldn't you just put, still put it out digitally? get those sales that you can get while you have to wait for the other ones. So that's just my opinion. Okay. That's fair. Um, one last question. Josh says it's coronavirus season. 
how were you even and then he stops and uh, I, don't, I don't know why so no. I, maybe you can make some sense coach i don't know so as a teacher this has been really tough for me um when i left work on thursday i had a track meet on friday a track meet on saturday and an entire week of fun things to do for my students um during spring break we were gonna have um, a barbecue a get together just things for my kids who don't have meals nice. right so they can come back to the school eat with us hanging out um the track meets we were going to were really big ones for us and so on thursday night i get a a, a phone call from uh, the school district i work for it's automated it says school is going to be off for another week you will not come back until march 30th all extra cookers have been canceled and i was like um so no track meet tomorrow so i still got up at six and drove to the school and i had kids who hadn't gotten the message and we had to get them home and my seniors were devastated They're like no track meet today i'm like no what about tomorrow i'm like i don't think so guys and then that one got canceled and i talked to you know the people in charge like no no one can be on campus coach you, you have to stay home no one can come in and so i'm sitting here going how can i help my kids like my kids that i have just right now on the football team, I can think of 15 students who need to come to school so they have breakfast and lunch. Right. How do I help them? Right? What do I do? And this is this is tough because I don't think it's just going to be one more week. No. I'm just I'm sorry from everything that I've looked at from what China did. China went almost a full six month lockdown and said, Nope, no one's doing anything. Yep. No school. And so I'm nervous they're gonna cancel the rest of the school year and say, you're going to teach online, which my, my school is set up to do. I can teach my class online and do homework and test. But I'm really nervous because what are those kids going to do? Right? That's, a, that's a good point. So it, maybe things. So we're just getting hit with this now where I am. Like our state finally decided to make moves like Friday afternoon, which is weird. So for us, what they did is they actually took our spring break, which is normally in April up here, and they moved it to next week. So instead of canceling school, they said, hey, you're just your spring break is super early. So but they openly said during that week, the teachers and staff are going to try and figure out what they're going to do afterwards because they don't think a week is going to be enough. And I, I it, there's no way it's enough at this point because they're, they don't have a strategy here. They just have to figure, OK, how do we teach online? Um, like I have the stuff here. I have an extra computer. My oldest daughter gets a Chromebook through school anyway, so she's equipped to do it. So like that's not a problem. But you're right. There's a lot of kids who, you know maybe don't have that setup, don't have a computer, don't have internet, you know, and then you talk about the meals here. I'm seeing a major outpour in my community that I would never expected in the the Northeast where, you know, we're notorious for being cold, heartless people. We're like almost every restaurant. And I mean, there's even a bar that's like four blocks from my house. It's a new bar in the area. They said any kid, any day between 11 and three, come by, we'll give you pizza. Like every single day, they make they're like pepperoni cheese, whichever you want. Just come on and come get it. Um, we're seeing uh, schools saying they're they're going to open for food only. They're going to do a breakfast period. They're going to do a lunch period. No questions asked. Uh, you just, you just show up, you get it, you go on your way. We're seeing like this major outpour of, of people really bonding together. Um, you know, local schools that do like uh, tutoring, uh, offering to do free online courses, even if the schools can't do stuff. Just like kids are staying active. But you're right. It, like, so education is important, but they'll figure out a way to do that. Like you said, the food is more the, is the instance. So I don't know if they're doing anything in your area. I'd like to hear about that. And then secondly, the extracurricular stuff, like you said, like the sports, obviously that's a big thing for you, but that's a big thing for a lot of kids. That's their sometimes connection to school where 
for some kids like, okay, I go to school so I can play sports. I'll do the work while I'm there, but I go for the sports or I have that sense of community because of my team and so on and so forth. So what kind of plans do you have as a teacher to and coach to try and keep that alive? And I'd like to hear, is there any community like uh, support you see coming your way yet? Um, so, so far I've sent a lot of emails, which is kind of all I can do. I've made some phone calls. Um, I, I honestly don't know. Like okay. if, if you were to ask me to, to place a wager, I, I could see me not going back to work for almost a month and a half. Just being real honest. I think it could be May 1st before I go back to campus. Um, just because of we, we had our first serious outbreaks a couple of miles north of us. And then we had a couple outbreaks to the west of us. And as those become more prevalent, as this thing spreads and does what it does, you're going to see it being worse, worse, worse. And it's a 14 day hold, right? Like yeah. you're not supposed to go anywhere for 14 days. So if this happens and people aren't following those rules, which if a kid gets sick and we go back to school, that's where the school is going to be in trouble. Yeah, because now that sick kid who didn't know, either know he was sick or didn't have the money to go get tested, he goes to campus and he, there's four thousand kids on my campus. There's four thousand kids. If one sick kid comes in and spreads it to one classroom, and then it gets spread to lunch or at yeah. a library, or now the whole campus is taken out. You're talking if if everybody in that in that school has a family of three. You're, that's 12,000 people who are now affected, right. who are now going to their jobs or their other schools or their other places. And it's that's the problem, right? They, because we didn't get out ahead of this soon enough, because I'm, we're not going to get the political part of it, but we didn't do what we needed to do. Hmm. Now we're in the situation where the only way to stop it is to isolate yourself. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the issue is that now we're running into this problem where how are people going to pay their bills if you, you cannot go to work? Right. Right. How are you going to pay your mortgage? Because I'm sorry, my mortgage company is going to expect me to pay my bill on yeah. March or April 1st, regardless. Right. They're not going to go, oh, Mr. Honey, you haven't paid your mortgage yet. Um, oh, coronavirus, you're not working. Yep. Yeah, pay your bill. Mm-hmm. Right. That's just, uh, there's going to be a lot of problems that are going to pop up. And that's the stuff that's really got me nervous. I agree. I agree. So, yeah, everybody stay home. Just play video games. Don't do, don't do stupid things. Don't buy, don't buy hundreds of rolls of toilet paper. I moved mine so you can't see them, but I finally found some the other day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, this was a, a different episode for sure, but uh, thank you everybody for sending in your messages. Um, Coach, thank you for joining me. Good Dude, to hear was, you again. This was really fun. I had a good time, and Mark was awesome. And uh, he, he was one of the people who Donnie and I were talking uh, the last show I did with him. We were just kind of going over things, and he was like, who's on your bucket list? Like, who's mm-hmm. someone – you'd really want to talk to. And I told him and uh, he was like, man, that's awesome. And so like getting to do this, this is one of those ones that, because I remember him, he was either on the episode with Ryan or was the one right after that, where Ryan talked about his daughter passing away, which led yeah. to me having the the courage to go, Hey boss, man, can I do this thing? Can I, can I try this? And, and OT was something that I, I will always cherish. It was, it was very fun to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So coach, where can people find you if they do want to link up and, and follow you? As, as you said, you don't get to podcast too, too much, but uh, where can um, the they connect best, with you? The best place to find me is on our discord. Um, I'm actually trying really hard to log in there every day. I don't check Twitter often it, at all. It just being real honest. It's and one of those tools I don't use. Um, I spend most of my time working on just football stuff and school stuff. So that discord, the reason I love it is it's on my laptop. Like it's literally the moment um, 
a message comes in one of the rooms I like, I just go, oh, hey, this person said this. Cool. Yeah, let me check that out and respond. Um, so I really, Discord is probably the best way to just hang out with me. So it's the PSVG Discord. Cool, cool. Um, you all can follow me everywhere, as you know. PSVG Kevin on all of the things, all the consoles, all the social meds, all that great stuff. Um, head on over to PSVG.blog to follow along with everything the entire network does and maybe find the next show that's your next favorite. Well, second favorite, because we all know this show is really your favorite. So it's fine. I understand. Uh, but most importantly, we ask that you tell a friend, spread that good word so that more people can find us and enjoy. But then, as always, we ask that you never stop gaming. Message for you, sir. All right, so so Mo, I'm gonna make sure you log off first this time before I before I turn this off and, and leave. Um, okay. Why are you being so weird, dude? You you know why. There there's history here. Um I'm not quite sure what you're talking about, man. Like, have a good night, dude. I'm out. No, uh, sure. Bye, coach. Okay, he's gone and end recording. That fool thinking it's coach. Coach Mo. <laughs> now, where were we? Oh, yes, the story of episode two from the PSVG historian. Hey, is somebody in here? Oh, right. I just forgot to turn the light off. I always remembered. All right.